Welcome to episode 80. Hey, it's Davis here. Just a quick thank you to our sponsors for this podcast. Today in business, first impressions are so important. When people call you or your business, the first voice that they hear can make them form an opinion of you immediately. Instant voicemails can help with that. They provide professional, outgoing voicemail greetings in an instant. So simply go to instantvoicemails.com, pick the message that suits you and your business, and download it instantly. You can have a new professional, outgoing message in just minutes. I checked out their website, and this is legit. Beautiful voicemails that you can use for your business. And for our listeners for the Business Generals podcast, you can get an additional 15% off your order by using the promo code GENERALS, G-E-N-E-R-A-L-S, G-E-N-E-R-A-L-S, that's GENERALS. So order now at instantvoicemails.com, that's instantvoicemails.com. Welcome and thank you for joining me here once again on the Business Generals podcast where I chat with amazing entrepreneurs five days a week. Very, very excited to have you here on the show with us. Um, if you have not already done so, remember to click subscribe on your podcast player so that you do not miss an episode. Davis Mutabo here, your host. Super excited to bring you today's feature guest, Miss Sarah Santa Croce. Sarah, welcome to the Business Generals podcast. Thanks so much for having me, Davis. It's an honor. Fantastic. Ladies and gentlemen, Sarah is an independent LinkedIn trainer and an expert with a mission to help her clients be found online through personal branding, online media. She is the founder of Simplicity Small Biz and also the founder of the podcast, the Introvert Business Podcast. Sarah, welcome to the show. Why don't you kick us off with um, a little bit about your personal background outside of business? Who is Sarah outside of business? Who am I? I'm a Swiss national who doesn't sound Swiss. I've been told that I sound uh, Californian slash Canadian. Traveling is very important to me. I met my husband while traveling in Spain about 20 years ago. So he's Canadian. That's where I get my uh, Canadian accent from. I'm, I'm a copycat, so I'm pretty good at languages and it just copy. I guess if I married an English guy, I would sound British today, but no, he's Canadian. So that's where my English comes from. Uh, we have two boys together. We uh, spent about four years in California in uh, 2006. We just got sick of the rainy summers here in Switzerland. And my husband said, let's move to California. And so we did. We packed kids and house and moved mm -hmm. over there for four years. And that's where I started my business because right. I needed some location independent uh, activity. And that's how it all got started. So that's who Sarah Santa Croce is. The, the last name, by the way, is obviously Italian, not Canadian. But my husband is originally from Italy, but born and raised in uh, Canada. And Santa Croce, just for the story, means Holy Cross. So there you go. Okay, that makes sense. That makes absolute sense. Totally. I should have known that. No, I shouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic to hear your your story outside of um, of business. Now, generally in Switzerland, you guys speak like how many languages? Two, three? 
We have different language regions. So uh, I live right now in the French part of Switzerland. I grew up in the German part of Switzerland. And then we have the Italian part of Switzerland. And then there's a tiny little fourth part of Switzerland that we just have to mention because it's part of, you know, politics and everything else, but it's, it's negligibly small. So do we all speak every language? No. Um, just like in many of the bilingual countries, you know, you mainly speak the one language um, uh, in the, from the region where you grew up in. Uh, I have a kind of a skill for languages. So yes, I now live in the French part, even though I grew, grew up in the German part. And uh, I do speak fluent French, but that doesn't mean that everybody else speaks three or four languages. <laughs> That's good. Congratulations. I, I learned French at high school and um, I can barely speak it. So it's good to have more than one. <laughs> <laughs> so you've been in business full time for what, four years now, did you say? Um, we came back in 2010, and so that's where I started my business. So uh, it's more like seven, almost eight years. Uh, mm. I started working on my business in 2006. So the four years we were in California, uh, I already didn't work uh, with an employer anymore. So you, know, you never really know when to say that I started it. But I, in fact, I started thinking about going independent probably in 2007. Got First it. client though in 2010 when we got back to Switzerland. Yeah. Okay. So you've been in business for close to seven years. That's amazing. Tell us, what are your core revenue streams, Sarah, today in your business? In my LinkedIn business, I work with corporations where I do trainings for uh, HR departments, sales departments, you know, people in general in the marketing uh, area. Mm -hmm. So these are trainings for corporates. Then I work with entrepreneurs. Uh, these are one-to-one -one coachings. I also work with people in transition. So these are also coachings on how to get recruited on LinkedIn. And then I have a, a series of products. So video trainings that um, you know generate revenue for me without having to um, trade my one-on-one -on -one time. Mm. I do affiliate marketing. And starting next year, I will also uh, host my uh, first retreat uh, for introverted online entrepreneurs. So that's a, it's an offline event where we get together and talk about our businesses and um, come up with strategies on how to take it to the next level. So these are the different revenue streams I have. Awesome. So you're going to get a bunch of introverts to an, an offline retreat. Is that going to be a pretty quiet retreat or do you think people are going to be talking a lot? <laughs> it's going to be a very uh, quiet and reflective and very respectful retreat. Um, <laughs> but that doesn't mean that we're not going to have fun. We're going to have lots of fun, but in our own quiet way, let's say. Yeah, that's good. I love it. I love it. Um, finding finding people to serve. There's definitely a bunch of people who would love to do that. And um, if you send us the links, we'll link it all up in the show notes. Actually, what's the URL? Do you have a URL for that where people can go and find that? Yeah, sarahcentacroce forward slash dot com forward slash retreat. Okay, sarahcentacroce.com forward slash retreat. We'll link that up in um, in the show notes. 
So Sarah, walk us through back to your story um, and your journey as an entrepreneur. You've, you've, have you been in corporate before and then you started out on your own and you know, you've jumped into LinkedIn? What happened um, for you to, to make that transition? Yeah, so as I mentioned before, we moved to California. So one fine day, my husband just you know said, "Okay, let's move." And so uh, during that time, I was still working uh, at a corporate, and uh, also um, just finished my maternity leave. So I you know I knew I would have to go back into the job, uh, which then everything changed, and I gave my notice and moved over to California. And then since uh, my little, the, my second son was only just six months old, um, I was like, okay, well, might as well take some time off. Uh, best time ever in California to have small kids because you're always outside. So that was great. But mm. after uh, about a year, I was like, okay, well, it's nice, but I've never been the you know stay-at-home mom. It just wasn't for me. And so I decided to come up with my own business plan. And what I decided to do, because what I was good at is kind of like helping other business owners with their administrative needs. So I'm good at languages. In any job I ever held, I was um, doing translations. I was doing kind of, you know, project management. And so that's what I decided to to offer to other um, business owners. And so that was the, the, the initial idea. And as you know, as entrepreneurs, we, you know, our path keeps changing into different directions. And that's exactly what happened. Because I was in California in the middle of the social media boom. That's kind of when everything started. And I really realized how I was able to use social media to create buzz for my own business. And so after a while, I was like, well, do I really want to offer admin stuff? I could teach entrepreneurs and small business owners owners how to market their business with social media by just applying what, what I did for my own business. And so things changed from admin slash virtual assistant to kind of social media marketing help. And so when we moved back to Switzerland in 2010, that was my plan is to, you know, come in and and teach uh, or or train and, and put up services for small business owners and help them with their social media marketing. Right. And when did you start focusing in on LinkedIn? That came uh, quite a bit later when um, I realized that people um, in Switzerland, like everything in Switzerland is very traditional and kind of slow. And so when we moved back in 2010, a lot of people, they were maybe on Facebook, but like using social media for business was still in the very beginning. And the one platform that I was very familiar with and that where I got really some big interest from the B2B um, kind of industry was LinkedIn. And so after about maybe a year in or so uh, offering just general social media services, I decided, okay, well, what if I focus on just one platform? So that came a bit later. Okay. If you look back, would you say if you were still in your sort of corporate career versus what you're doing now, when you compare that, what do you see as, as a result? Are you 
lifestyle better off, financially better off, both better off? Or do you sometimes think, gee, I should have just stayed in corporate uh, without taking the huge risk? Mm. I would never go back. Uh, I <laughs> call myself pretty much unemployable. Um, I could never go back to a corporate job because I create success on my own terms now. I define how success should be in my life. I create the projects. I, I, I'm very creative. I could not do the same things in a corporate environment. That being said, I don't think that it's for everybody. I don't think, you know, now it's kind of this buzz, oh, you should all leave your corporate job and become an entrepreneur. I don't think so. Um, actually, I, I was just listening to a podcast this morning with Chris Gillibo, who's coming out with this book uh, called Side Hustle. And I think that's mm -hmm. a great path for people who are in a corporate job, but who have you know, inspiration to create their own thing, but maybe do it on the side. You know, for me, it was kind of different. I, I was on the second uh, income in our family. So it's, I was very much fortunate to do it kind of slowly and have my kids grow up at the same time as my company grew. But I would not advise to people who have a, an idea to just say, okay, leave your job and focus only on that. So um, there's different opinions out there. Uh, maybe, you know, five, 10 years ago, I would have said, well, you can't do both, but now I actually think you can and maybe you should. And so I just want to stay there a little bit because you've, you've made a, a very strong point to say it's not for everybody. But here's a question. If somebody can replace their full-time income in their own business, mm -hmm. what would your angle be for them? So if they already have a business model that is guaranteed that they could do that, then then obviously go for it. My experience is that it takes time to, you know, kind of get to the same level. And, and I'm saying it's not for everybody because some people need the structure of a corporate job. You know, some people kind of need the team. As an entrepreneur, you're making up your own structure. And it can also sometimes be very lonely as an entrepreneur. So if you're like a huge people person, well, it's going to take some time to meet other entrepreneurs and, and you know, share with them and kind of create this community where, um, you know, I see my husband, well, he sees people every day. He goes into work and he has a team. Uh, so mm. that's why, what I mean by it's not for everybody. I'm not saying, you know, this is we're the elite and you just go to your corporate job. No, it's just a personality thing as well, I think. You make, you make a good point. I was actually talking to somebody recently and they were like, they they love the fact that they can go into the office and interact with a bunch of people working as an entrepreneur. Like you said, you know, you're, you're on your laptop, you could be home. Even if you're in a co-shared working space, sometimes you don't really get on the same way that you would in a corporate role. So, so that's a very good point. But let's talk about how you got your first customer. How did that come about? It's a very funny story. So we moved back uh, to Switzerland and we're still kind of like in transition. We were at a hotel, didn't even move into the, the house yet. And I got this email from a potential client saying, can we meet? And, and I was kind of like, well, I don't even have a contract yet. I'm all <laughs> I'm not set up or anything. And so it was really literally 
proof of what I've been preaching about, meaning social media and being present out there worked without me being actually, you know, open, really open for business yet, because I hadn't like registered at the Chamber of Commerce in Switzerland or, or anything. And so it was, um, yeah, kind of this surprise first client. So what had you been doing prior to that that brought about that lead, do you think? Well, mainly just, um, you know, blogging, uh, being present on LinkedIn and Facebook. Uh, this particular client actually found me through a blog post. And so that definitely showed me that blogging, maybe today is a bit different, but back then that definitely worked. And so that's how I got that first client. Okay. Let's dive into LinkedIn as a platform. I've used LinkedIn for about three years a focused use of LinkedIn for the last sort of three years, whereas before that, I just had a static page that didn't really do too much for my brand. But um, what do you coach? Who do you focus on as a niche? You said you focus on B2B clients where you're training the marketing department, and then you also help entrepreneurs set up their branding, and then you also help people who are trying to maybe have a change in their careers. Which one is your key focus or which one makes up the bulk, the most of your revenue in terms of the LinkedIn revenue? Which category do you, mm. do you get that from? There's a difference between, um, you know, the main part of the revenue that the, that's definitely the corporate, the corporate trainings, uh, where my kind of heart focuses on or what I do, where I do my best work, I think, is with entrepreneurs. Uh, because I'm one of them, I understand what their needs are. I, um, you know, understand their business. I can really, you know, put myself into their shoes and, and, and that's where I do best. So I teach them the social selling um, process where you actually don't sell, but you serve. And so uh, I think that's the work I enjoy the most. What are the key things that you start with when you get a new client? Maybe they've got a very basic LinkedIn profile. How do you get them some quick wins? Yeah, it always starts with the profiles of the social selling process um, that I came up with is, you know, starts with the profile. That's the first step. And so making that profile into an actual sales tool, because most entrepreneurs, when I look at their LinkedIn profile, it still looks like an online CV because that's what we mm. have used LinkedIn so far. Right. So you have this corporate job and you just put it up as like a, a summary of your career. Well, guess what as an entrepreneur you're not looking to be hired you're looking for clients and so your linkedin profile really needs to look like a sales tool and so that's the first step the second step is to uh, grow your network in order to increase your reach uh, get that inbound marketing going uh, third step is start to offer value i think that's probably what you refer to um, when you said yeah i'm now really using linkedin is is actually sharing content, uh, engaging with your network, um, the whole serving part. So you you add value to your network. And then the fourth step is, is lead generation, where you go a bit more specifically into lead generation mode and um, you know focus in on your specific target audience. So not just your network in general, but your your uh, ideal clients. So the, those are the four steps. Okay, so. Let me go into the profile piece. Mm -hmm. How do you set up your profile so that it looks more of a sales tool? Mm -hmm. What are the key things that you should be looking out for? So so the first thing is, is for example, your headline. So what's underneath your 
your uh, profile picture um, is is the headline. And a lot of entrepreneurs, what I see, the mistake that I see them make is that they use this area to just say, for example, founder of, or they would put like, you know, director at this and this company. Well, that doesn't explain the target audience what it is you do and how you can help them. So that's where the serving part comes in. In that headline, you should really be focusing on what it is you do and who you help and how you help them. So answer these three questions with that LinkedIn headline. And then goes into the summary where, again, instead of having a summary of your career saying, in 2000, I finished my studies at this and this university. And then when I went on to this job, prospect is not interested in that what they're interested in is how can you help me what kind of services do you offer how do you what kind of results do you provide so really writing the the summary as if it was a an about page on your on your website and then you can add um, you know visuals to your LinkedIn profile and really make it into a portfolio that looks like a mini website. So that's the the work I do with my clients on their profile. Okay, that's good because you essentially you're using the platform to speak to the people you're targeting and say not making it too boring about, you know, you worked here, you worked there, but if you did that work in that place, what did you do that helps you be positioned to be the right person to to provide that service to that to that client, I guess. Right, exactly. And what about the the sharing piece and the serving piece? Are you doing this this bit after you've built out your connections or you want to start this simultaneously? When do you advise people to start doing the sharing? Well, of course, you want to have some kind of, you know, network, a decent sized network already before you start sharing, because otherwise, you know, you're basically talking to yourself. So that's why the increasing the network comes first. And then when you have a, a network that you think is relevant, then you start sharing, commenting, publishing content on LinkedIn, all that kind of stuff that adds value to your network. And then finally, you talked about lead generation. What's that piece? Lead generation is the piece where you use LinkedIn, which is essentially a database of people, of profiles, and you use their um, tool. Uh, you can either use the free account and there is um, you know, limited search options, or you can invest in a sales navigator account, which is a paid tool from LinkedIn that allows you to search the whole LinkedIn database for your ideal contacts. And so the first uh, step is to identify these contacts, find them, and then connect with them, reach out to them, and then you can engage into a, a series of um, messages where, again, the main focus is to serve and help provide value and then slowly kind of, you know, hopefully move them a step closer to a, a conversation where, you know, you see if there's um, if you can provide value to them by uh, them hiring you for whatever work that it is you do. So it's a slow process. It's a process that's really based on uh, establishing relationships with your target market. Okay. I love I love case studies. And uh, I want to find out from you if you have one really good example that you can share with us, you know, maybe one of your favorite customer stories that you can walk us through 
when they came to you, what their profile sort of had looked like and then what you worked through and the outcome at the lead gen stage. Is there something you can share? Yeah, sure. Without obviously giving any names, but for example, uh, I've worked with a team who's uh, working on a crowdfunding website for um, kind of green economy projects. And so, exactly, we took I took them through the four steps of the of the social selling um, process. And so, right now, they're working on their uh, LinkedIn profiles. <laughs> it's always a bit there. There's a little bit of resistance first because they're like well really do we have to and and i always tell them if you want to reach out to people you know ideal clients well that's the first thing that they're going to see and so uh, we're working on the profiles and then really what it comes down to is content like kind of everything in in today's online world it always comes down to content so i um kind of guided them um along the way of creating an editorial calendar where they decide you know, what kind of content they're going to publish themselves and what kind of content they're going to you know, get from other people that they can share, but really coming up with a strategy on how they're going to be more visible. And so already they've told me that they had a good response from uh, potential investors. And so that's kind of what they're looking for, right? So um, investors, but then also in the future, and they're not there yet, um, but that's going to come with the content is um, entrepreneurs who are, you know, wanting to sign up on this, on this site. So that's kind of the, yeah, the, the work that I do with the clients. Right. And what sort of content do you see working really well on LinkedIn today? It's obviously professional content. So if you compare it to, you know, Facebook, it's more service related rather than product related. So on Mm -hmm. Facebook, what works well is anything that has to do with visuals or leisure content or kind of like you know, commerce and e-commerce and those kind of things. And on LinkedIn, what works well is sharing content that has to do with with services, with learning, with developing your career. In a little while, um, I think at the end of the month, I'm seeing a team of lawyers. And so what are they going to do? Well, they're going to share kind of like case studies they can't obviously lawyers are a bit more restricted on what they can share but it's going to be kind of like updates about you know this and this new law or just kind of making themselves visible and positioning themselves as the expert in their field so it's always professional content that somehow teaches or educates the viewer of the content and kind of develops their professional career so are we, so we're talking long form written content. Yeah, it's more long form, definitely. Uh, it can also be shorter updates, but it's it's mostly long form. It can be updates and then a link back to your website where your blog would be. But the LinkedIn user wants a bit more details than the Facebook user, probably. And what's your strategy with your clients to getting? your LinkedIn connections, maybe you've got 2000 connections on LinkedIn, but they are sort of in the LinkedIn family or whatever you might call it, they're incubated inside of LinkedIn. How do you get those to come onto your 
database for your business? It's it's exactly with content. So, you know, share blog posts and then when they click over to your website, well, you have uh, your website optimized for conversions. And, and so that's how you get them to sign up to your newsletter. There's nothing worse than being added to somebody's newsletter just because you're in their LinkedIn network. So that's definitely a big no-no. You cannot download your uh, LinkedIn connections on an Excel spreadsheet and then just you know assume that they want to be on your newsletter. And it still happens. So that's not the way to do it. The way to do it is by sharing content, bringing people back to your website, and then hopefully having them sign up to uh, your whatever freebie you're offering there. Interesting. Yeah. What's been your your biggest breakthrough moment, you think, in the last couple of years while you've been running your business? Um, my biggest breakthrough, I think, is when I, I made that decision to focus only on LinkedIn. It was one of the toughest decisions um, I made because obviously you're going to have to start to say no to other things. And, you know, I for a while I kept getting requests for social media, Facebook in general, or you know, other things that I didn't want to do anymore. So it was tough because you're niching down. But at the same time, it was the best decision ever because I'm now known specifically for LinkedIn. Um, and so that was kind of the bigger breakthroughs I had in my business. So do you think your business wouldn't have the reach it has today if you had a niche down specifically to LinkedIn? I think so, because the market for social media generalists keeps growing and, you know, the new younger generation, um, there's more and more people who do social media just in general. And I would definitely not have, I think, the, the same kind of reach and recognition if I hadn't specialized in LinkedIn. I believe so. Yes. Give us a bit of a feel, uh, and you're welcome to share whatever you're free to share here. Give us a feel of the size of your business and your reach today. Um, I would say that I'm internationally recognized thanks to my LinkedIn challenge. So uh, I've started uh, this thing called the LinkedIn challenge in, uh, I think it was 2012 or 2013. And so uh, right now in November, I'm running the 11th edition of this LinkedIn challenge. And I've always done it with other LinkedIn experts um, from all over the world. And so I think that has helped me grow my business globally and also made me kind of a recognized player in that kind of LinkedIn specialist uh, slash trainer uh, area. And so I really appreciate the collaboration also with um, people from all over the world. So in terms of, uh, of size, uh, as I said at the very beginning, I uh, create success on my own terms. I am a mom of two boys, and that's very important to me. So I think I have the same income I would have as at a corporate job working full time, except that I only work probably about 60%. I take about eight weeks vacation every year and uh, pretty much have a laptop lifestyle. So that's what's important to me. So size or numbers, you know, are all relevant, depends on how much you work. <laughs> What's your LinkedIn challenge? Just tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, so the, the LinkedIn challenge is a uh, training, basically, for people who want to uh, find out more about how to use LinkedIn to 
get clients. And so, as I said, it's the 11th edition this year, and I bring on a team of other LinkedIn experts and this year also online presence uh, specialists. So I have a storytelling expert. I have a, a live video streaming expert. I have a photographer so I bring together all these people uh, and together we, sh- we share to the participants of the challenge on you know a tip every day they get. So it starts November 10th, it uh, lasts until November 20th and every day they get a strategy via email and they also get to attend two uh, training calls where um, you know, live training calls where first we, we share some knowledge and then they get to ask their questions. So that's starting November 10th. I love it. It's a little bit like, you know, the green smoothie challenge, 20 day challenge to lose X amount of kilos. So you've just flipped it on its head and <laughs> done it for yes, LinkedIn. Exactly. It's like a LinkedIn makeover. Right? That's great. Love. It. Very, very innovative. <laughs> um, hey, we, we're running out of time, but uh, I wanted to ask you. Two more questions. Um, what are the two best books that you have read that have been inspirational on your entrepreneurial journey that you love to share? Mm. Uh, the first book, I would say, is Essentialism. Essentialism by Greg McCowan. Great book that I try to read uh, at least twice per year to really remember, okay, what is essential? And uh, yeah, so the title pretty much says it all. It's a lot about learning how to say no to the non-essential so that you can focus on the essential which uh, as an entrepreneur is a very important lesson because uh, as we start out, especially we sometimes make the mistake to, you know, say yes to everything that comes your way. And uh, this way you kind of get lost and sometimes, you know, overwhelmed as well. So great book, my favorite book. And then as a second book, I would mention Tools of Titans by Tim Ferriss. Uh, I love every uh, Tim Ferriss book, but this one is a great collection of wisdom of pretty much the, the his podcast guests so he goes through a series of questions and then people just kind of share their uh, opinion and it's it's a great read it's more like a kind of like uh, something that you always go back to so not just a book you read once and forget about it but it's like oh what did he say about this question and you go back and read it again mm-hmm. so tools of titans by tim ferris Love it. So, Essentialism and Tools of Titans. Great books, great books. Thanks for sharing that. And what is the best way for people to connect with you, Sarah? Obviously, I'm going to say LinkedIn. So, uh, you can look me up on LinkedIn and make sure that you personalize the invitation. That's one main tip that seems so obvious and yet only about two percent of people do it so when you send me an invitation just mention this podcast and you know enjoyed uh, listening to you and davis and then you'll be guaranteed that i accept your invitation because otherwise i don't know that you already have kind of started a relationship with me so definitely look me up on linkedin otherwise my website is simplicitysmallbiz.com and you can, can find all my and other information in there. Great. So we'll link that up in the show notes and uh, we'll create a special PDF highlight reel for all our listeners at businessgenerals.com forward slash Sarah S. And you can download all the show notes and the highlight reel there. 
and also reach out to Sarah at simplicitysmallbiz.com. Sarah, I have one more final question for you. But before I do that, I just want to thank you for your time, for you know stepping out of your work and giving us um, an hour of your time here, sharing your wisdom and all those tips for LinkedIn. So really appreciate that. But for my final question, uh, I wanted to ask you, do you think about legacy when all is said and done? And if you do, what legacy do you want to leave? be remembered for and tell us mm. why. Yeah, you kept the most difficult question until the end, right? <laughs> so <laughs> I think for me, there's two kind of separate things. In, in business, I want to be remembered as someone who showed a kind of a different way of doing business, a, a more human way, maybe more Gentile way. Um, this morning, I recorded a series of video tips to promote the LinkedIn challenge on how to humanize your LinkedIn presence. So the human aspect mm. in business is very important to me. That's kind of the legacy I can think of for business. But what matters most to me is, is my family. And I always want to make them a priority and really do my best to be fully present and be my best self. That's great. Thank you so much. So you want to humanize the business that you do and in the business world and also be very relevant to your family. So thank you so much for that. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Sarah Santa Croce. Um, I hope you enjoyed that episode. If you did enjoy it, leave us a review on iTunes. We would love to hear from you and head on over to businessjournals.com forward slash Sarah S and grab this special PDF highlight reel that we've prepared there for you. To connect with Sarah, you can go to small simplicity small com. That's right. Thank you. Simplicity small biz. Dot com. Sarah, thank you so much for being on the Business Journals podcast and for sharing your story with us. We're absolutely grateful. You are a true business journal. Thank you so much for having me, Davis. It was a pleasure. A message from our sponsors, instantvoicemails.com. Today in business, first impressions are so important. When people call you or your business, the first voice that they hear can make them form an opinion about you immediately. And instant voicemails can help with that. They provide professional outgoing voicemail greetings in an instant so simply go to instantvoicemails.com that's instantvoicemails.com and pick the message that suits you and your business and download it instantly you can have a new professional outgoing message in just minutes and for the listeners of the business journals podcast you can get an additional 15 percent off your order by using the promo code generals g-e-n-e-r-a-l-s generals order now at instantvoicemails.com that's instantvoicemails.com thanks guys